Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello friends, it's me Rachel and I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. Before we begin with today's episode, I just want to share a little bit about what's going on in my world because I know you've all been dying to know, you know, because I live such an exciting life, um, not. But first of all, I've been busy creating the next miniature subscription box, which ships April 5th. So if you don't know, this is a box that I ship out bi-monthly, and it's filled with fun and festive dollhouse miniatures that are shipped right to your door. I think this is box number 11, which blows my mind. I really should be working on probably October's box, but that's really how I like to roll here in the studio. I like to keep things real and be behind, but that's just me. I always get it done. So if you are a subscriber, you can watch for your box right around um, the 6th or 7th of April. So, oh my gosh, it's coming up so soon. So as always, I'm a little nervous, but also excited to send it out. I just nervous because I just want all my subscribers to be happy with their boxes. So if I haven't heard from you in a while, please reach out and just let me know which box was your favorite. Maybe let me know too about the DIYs. Would you guys like some more difficult ones, easier ones, maybe lay off on the DIYs? I did hear a few things like hey, DIYs. I can't even really get to them because I'm so busy, but then other people say they do them right away. So I just really want to hear from all of you and let me know what you think. And thank you for being a subscriber. If you want to check out more, if you're not a subscriber, you can look at my website or you can go to minisubscriptionbox.com. So another project that I'm working on is a quarter scale apartment building that I'm building with my local miniature club. Yes, quarter scale. It's been so interesting wrapping my head around working with such a small scale because usually I work full scale, 112. So this is quarter scale and it's been a challenge, I'm not gonna lie, but it's been pretty interesting. I, I could maybe see myself getting into more quarter and half scale, so who knows what the future holds, right? So I've been having fun and apparently so many other people in my miniature Facebook community want to join me. I've had so many people reach out and say, I want a kit. So I've been really busy trying to get some kits together and I will have that information available hopefully really soon. So watch for that on my social media and my Facebook. And while you're on Facebook, why don't you join the group? Because I'm going to have everything in there. So I'm going to have tutorials and you can follow along right in our Facebook community. If you search Mike Drop Miniatures Club, that's miniatures with an S, club, you'll find us in there. And I'll also leave a link to that in the show notes. So hopefully I'll see you in the group soon. And just another thing that I'm working on is... 
a new miniature that brings me back to my childhood and I'm so excited to share it with you. I really can't tell you any more than that. I know it's such a bummer, but for all those people, all those 80s babies, I think you're really gonna like this because it brings me, like I said, back to my childhood and it's so much fun. So I can't wait to share it with you on my social media. If you wanna be the first to see what it is, you can find me at Mike Drop Miniatures and I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So let's dive into today's episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Kim Berry of Magnolia Miniatures. She was such a joy to talk to. We have so much in common and I kind of envy her. I'm not going to lie. For those that know me, you know, I still have a corporate job. Maybe someday my side hustles will turn into a full-time gig. Who knows? But Kim really made me feel that anything is possible. So maybe you're in that same situation. Take a listen and anything can happen, right? So as always, please reach out to me, like I said, on social media or email. I'm at Mike Drop Miniatures. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye, guys. So hello, Kim. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. I have to apologize. Do you love this? Um, it's a cardboard box, and it goes all the way around me. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> you I can't have tell. To- you hit it well. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, with a nice Fortnite blanket from my daughter's room. But no, um, I moved into my new office and it's very echo. It just echoes. So I, I have to figure out this podcast thing and where to do it. You always hear people who do podcasts, they do it in like a closet or a really small area. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to figure it out. So thanks for joining me today. And don't mind the nice cardboard box behind me. No worries. I've got nothing going on either. <laughs> I realize I don't know where you're calling from, where you live. St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay. So you don't feel my pain right now when I look outside. We're getting another like nine inches of snow. So I'm sure there it's nice. It's yeah, it's hot. It's like 88 degrees at 9 a.m. in the morning. Oh. And yeah, that's like you'll do your hair, you'll walk out and it looks like you took a shower. Wasn't it Florida? So the time that we're talking right now, it's beginning of March. Didn't you guys have somewhere in Florida? I know it's a big state, but have snow, like really, really bad weather. Right. We had just a, a little bit of a flurry that never landed on the ground. Okay. For maybe 10 minutes up on the line between Florida and Georgia. Oh, okay. So way up there. Yeah. So, you know, like probably that's about five hours away, six hours away. So, yeah. My if girl. You, what if you look at you know like florida yeah backwards or whatever that little piece that hangs off Mm -hmm. that's where saint pete is so Mm -hmm. we are a peninsula on a peninsula so that coastal water that surrounds us keeps us almost the same temperature all year round okay you might get a slight cold front but by the afternoon you wished you hadn't brought your jacket so are you close to cape coral um i don't even know where cape coral is okay i'm not sure we're close to tampa Okay. Well, speaking of Tampa, I was just going to say my girlfriends wanted to take a girl's trip in June and we, I live in Wisconsin. So to me, June in Wisconsin's pretty hot. I, so yeah. let's, let's go to Canada or something. Right. But they're like, Oh, we we got Florida. We're going to Tampa Bay. I'm like Tampa Bay in June. I think I, I'm probably going to die. I'm not yeah. lying of heat stroke because I don't know how I'm going to do, but they insisted we go to Florida. So 
the only hotter places are Lakeland and Orlando. Yeah. And they're so hotter hot. because they don't have the breeze from the water. Yeah. So yeah. is there any cool mini things that I can see while I'm in Tampa? No. Oh. We've got right. nothing. We've got nothing till Orlando and it's Ron's shop, Ron's Miniatures. And it's okay. It's a nice big shop with a lot of stuff that's really old. Okay. Really, really old, which is fine if you are if you yeah. are making a um, time piece that mm -hmm. is old, like Victorian, then you will find things there. Otherwise, you're not going to find anything. And you're pretty modern. Well, let's let's get into. I want to know how you got started in minis. And first, I want to say that I, when I got started in miniatures, probably again for the second time in my life, about a year and a half ago, two years, you're like one of the first accounts that I found probably on Instagram and maybe even <laughs> YouTube. But so I've been following you since the beginning and I've always just been intrigued by your work. So I just want to say that. So That's thank so you. Sweet. Yes, I'm very, yeah. I, I feel I, privileged. I've only been in a couple years. I've only, I've only been in minis um, kind of accidentally. I um, had a house, a dollhouse that my mom built for me for Christmas when I was maybe 12. And somewhere through the moves of the years, it disappeared and I didn't have it anymore. And I thought my girls got married and I'm a teacher. So I had summer off and I thought, I have an empty house. I'm going to try a project. So I bought a kit at Hobby Lobby and I built a dollhouse. Um, one of the Vermont mm -hmm. farmhouse juniors or something, you know, from Real That's Good Toys. And there it sat empty for about a year. And the girls said, you did all that work. Why aren't you doing anything with it? Because I couldn't find anything. I didn't want the house to look like a little 80-year-old woman lived inside of it. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to look like Joanna Gaines lived inside of it from Magnolia, right? Magnolia Plantation. Um, so I couldn't really find anything. And so my daughters in their 20s said, go on Instagram. And so this was about two years ago. And I had been teaching remotely, my second graders via Zoom, like we're doing right now. And I had extra time that I wouldn't have normally had in the classroom. So I started looking. And sure enough, I saw you and, and um, Mom of Eight Minis was one of the accounts I found or my daughters found for me and said, Mom, you got to follow them. And Anna from Little House of Lights was one of the first ones that popped up for me. And um, Robina from My Miniature Abodes. I think she's in Canada, uh -huh. I believe, but hers popped up. And I was like, because at first when the girls told me, go look on Instagram, I'm like, they're going to think I'm loony. There's no grown up women doing this. I had no idea. I had no idea. So I've been doing it about two years. This summer, I think it'll be my third year, I think, that I've been doing it. I think this summer, because I, I started since, you know, COVID was in March when we first all went remote. That summer, I started my Etsy um, to make the furniture because the girls said, don't leave it empty. Just make it. You make everything, you know, like, mom, you like crafts. I'm sure you can figure it out. So I started making stuff and my own girls were like, that's amazing. You should see if anybody else wants those things or if you could trade with other people. That way you could, you know, because I don't sew. I don't sew at all. Mm -hmm. So I did a few swaps where I got some pillows or throws. Lenny, Lenny's tiny world, you know, in London, she yeah. sews. So I made some swaps with her and got some of my bedding and some of those things and swapped. And that's how it got started. Wow. Just really on a fluke. So the wonderful world of the web. I mean, really, I mean, yeah, you could, yeah so amazing. 
Yeah, it but, opened a whole world that I didn't know existed. Uh, I mean, I knew the web existed. I used the computers all the time to find things. I would have never thought to look for minis that way for whatever reason. I just thought they were too outdated or that I was alone in wanting to recreate this childhood hobby. Yeah, I share my story a lot too. I thought the hobby was a dead hobby when I got out of it, when I had my kids. And then someone said, yeah, you should go on Instagram and just look. And yeah, mind blown. Yeah. So, so cool. So you work mostly in full scale or what are your scales you work in? Mostly 112. I like 124 and 148 is something I want to try. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, well, uh, very little dabbling, but I wouldn't probably do it commercially. I think it would be too hard. Yeah. yeah I have not business wise. Yeah. I have a challenge right now in my, in my uh, Facebook group that try a different scale. And when I did that scale, it's, it's a little tough or then the micros I mean I couldn't even imagine that right I bought a couple of um Robert Betterly's little book kits I mean like yes. little ones for my girls I made them for them for Christmas they were super fun though because they were small and limited there was an end in sight and so I loved those and they were tiny they were super tiny I was painting I, a teacup that I needed the magnifying glass for I apologize my dog doesn't realize <laughs> what this big cardboard box is <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, That's I, all right. You may see a cat go by anytime here. Gotta love puppies. I don't know. Yes. She'll probably still bother me. So that's all right. So yeah, scale, like I said, yeah, that's, um, it's a challenge to get smaller. And when you got to work with a magnifying glass, it's, it's tough, but I wanted to ask, so you're so crafty, like on your YouTube channel, you have a cricket, you have a laser, you have, yeah. you do a lot. Did you have all that? before you found miniatures or miniatures kind of led you into the cricket and the, I'm sure the 3D printing, but what about um, laser cutting? The laser, I actually had the cricket first. I got a cricket one year for my birthday about five years ago and I just loved it. I just thought that is the coolest. And I used it mostly for my classroom with my kids in my class, letting them do neat projects that they could take home. Um, so we had a lot of fun. I brought it to school. I carry it in a bag, a cricket carry bag and I carry it there and hook it up to their Wi-Fi and the kids were amazed and I could use it to teach them neat things with technology that would come to life for them That's and so cool. then I learned to design SVGs on Inkscape because I needed to be able to do something that I could use in my classroom without worrying about licensing and once I did that I started seeing um, infomercials basically on the internet pop up for the Glowforge and I told my husband, I think I could do it. Like, I think I could run a laser and I would like to learn that this next summer. And so we bought the laser before miniatures after the cricket because SVGs, it, it can use SVGs um, in much the same way a cricket does. It's kind of like a very fancy cricket that does wood and acrylic and some other things, you know, cork, whatever. Um, and it was amazing. And so I started a YouTube channel to journey this older lady learning how to use a laser because if I can do it anybody can do it I'm a second grade teacher I mean I was up until my mini business got bigger than my teaching salary mm -hmm. which sounds great but teachers just don't get paid that much so it, so it's exciting to be able to leave a full-time job but the truth was my full-time job didn't pay that well um so I, I started YouTubing it and I don't have a lot of followers or anything but it was enough that it paid for the laser and they started ads and I started working with Glowforge and, and the Bailey, the lady you see would um, contact me and there's a, um, an affiliate, you know, an affiliate yeah. relationship that you can have with them. And so it paid for the laser. 
but just my YouTube wow. videos and people using my, my code, my affiliate link to buy um, a paid, laser. You're right. Pay yeah. for the laser. Cause they'll save money. And then I save money too. It doesn't cost them more. They'll save 500 and then they pay me money. Um, and so that paid for the laser. And then once I started minis, well, that made the laser even that much more valuable to me. And mm -hmm. the 3d printing, I, I do resin and filament. I resin does a better job, but I don't like the toxicity part of it. I don't like the mess. Mm -hmm. I don't like the rinsing and the curing, um, but it produces great results. Yeah. Filament, I worry about less. Uh, it's less toxic, less messy. So I, when I you, if you're that. doing, if you're doing like say a bed frame, filament would be okay. You think, or oh yeah, still, I think yeah. it would be. And and yeah. filaments, they come in all kinds now. They have super strong filaments. They have ones that are like literally have like almost the capacity of metals. And and the wood ones don't look great, but they they're coming. They they in just the year or two that I've had the Prusa Mini, the filaments have come so far. And they're changing all the time what, what you can do with the filament. So you can buy super strong ones or you can buy ones that are um, very precise, but more brittle. So you just have to choose your filaments correctly. So do you know you're the brand of 3D printers that you use? I have a Elegoo Mars Saturn 3 for my resin and okay. I have a Prusa Mini for my um, filament. Okay. I haven't touched, dabbled in filament, but... It's, I hear what you mean. It's messy and I have an own area for it and still it smells and yes. Yeah. I kind of worry about it. I, I, I find myself and I, you know, you have the whole respirator thing. And if you're sanding the PLAs, the, you know, the filament printing, you're supposed to wear that then too, so that you don't inhale it. Yeah. But if you are careful about arranging your supports, you don't have to do as much sanding. Like it's very little what I have to do. Yeah. And I like that. So yeah. it's kind of a trade-off. So I, I actually prefer to use the filament, although I haven't done enough of it yet. I've been busy and not been able to do it as much as I would like to, but I have run quite a few things on both. And I prefer the, the filament to the resin because I, I it's not so liquidy, toxic, messy. So were you like me and when you first started out, did you find it a challenge? I mean, do you create all your 3D renderings? I use Inkscape. I use Inkscape okay. to design. Oh, no, not for the 3D. I'm sorry. That's okay. not true. I use a Tinkercad because I used it at school. Like uh -huh. our, when we teach children technology, because mm -hmm. I, I was self-inclusive, meaning we had specials where we had a computer class that the kids went to. And he, he was a fantastic computer teacher. But I wanted to make sure that they didn't lose it from that one time a week that they would go see him. So I would do some of what he was doing in class with them. So we would do Tinkercad as a reward for That's part of awesome. our STEM learning. And so they would design and I would design and it kind of gave me just the basics. And I'm still just basics. I, I don't use Blender. I don't do any of that. I find Tinkercad to be adequate for what I can do right now. I'm still on Tinkercad and I have opened up Blender and then my mind kind of like, yeah. Oh my I God. find it overwhelming. Blender yeah. seems like a whole nother language to me that I'm not used to. It's a goal, like in the future, but I'm in no rush because I can really usually do what I need to do in Tinkercad. Yeah. So talking about software, you mentioned Inkscape. Yes. I'm a Adobe girl, so I'm a graphic designer background. And so 
I always just use Adobe. So can you explain Inkscape for someone that maybe doesn't have any design background? Is it a free program? Pretty it is. It's free. And supposedly it's like, I don't know how to compare because I've never had Adobe because I'm cheap. Like I won't, I won't pay monthly fees for that. Mm -hmm. And at my school, um, we didn't have that. That wasn't one of the things they provided for us. So I wasn't going to pay for it. So I think Adobe's probably fantastic and better than Inkscape. I think Inkscape is probably glitchier and has some funky things, but I YouTube it. When I run into something that I'm not sure how to do on Inkscape, I YouTube Inkscape's version of this. Or if I see you do something in Adobe that I don't know how to do on Inkscape, I go search and there'll be somebody that will show you how to do it. And so Inkscape is free. It was pretty easy to get started, honestly. It wasn't as hard as I thought. Um, it reminds me a lot of working in the Cricut design space because, you know, you have that that software that comes with the Cricut. Yeah. And so it's very similar to that. Same with Glowforge. It has its own interface, which is much like Inkscape, which is much like the design space from the Cricut company. And so that part helped me. That part made it more adaptable for me and quicker to learn. So it's all vector-based, basically. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. Illustrator. Right. Well, that would be, that's a good option. Yeah, because I I don't know what I would do if I didn't have Illustrator. I've had it forever. Yeah. But I really want to talk about next about how that transition was, because hopefully my boss isn't listening to this, but <laughs> um, it's always been a dream of mine to do what I love and not. I've just never been really wired for corporate, but how was that transition from going to corporate world to your passion or, you know, crafty, what you love to do? I mean, was it hard not knowing that the, because for me, I, I want to know what I'm bringing in every week. Yes, I a hundred percent. And you may want to edit this out, but I'm a believer. I believe in God. And I worked at a, a Christian school and I started praying when I made the business that admin was changing our contract terms, meaning they took away some of our sick days. And I was upset and hurt that our Christian employer would take away days that I had already earned, meaning they weren't allowed. They took rolled over days. They took mm -hmm. them and they equalized them with new people that they were hiring. And I remember being upset and hurt and mad and frustrated and felt like that's not a Christian thing to do is like, I lost like 42 sick days with no compensation. 42. Oh, I thought you meant like one or two, but oh my God. No, 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 no. Cause it had been years of rolled over <laughs> oh, days and yeah. I was allowed to keep a certain amount every year okay. and I kept them. So anyways, it, it upset me. And I started saying that if God would provide a way for this business to replace my income that I made as a teacher, Mm -hmm. that I would really like to do something else. Cause I, I had already been a second grade teacher for 25 years wow. and I had other dreams and goals that I would like to do too, before I am too old to do them. So I started praying about it. And I literally, when, when the COVID happened is when I got a plan in my head that I was going to that summer, start a business. And my husband's a super good cheerleader for me and, and very supportive that way. He's the one that bought, I mean, I, a teacher couldn't afford a laser. My husband's income afforded the laser. Um, so he sponsored my business in that regard. And back then I wasn't making anything but enough to pay for the laser. I didn't have an Etsy yet. I didn't want an Etsy yet. Um, so when I returned to school after opening the Etsy, it took a month before I made my first sale, literally a month before I got one sale. And I would just pray and my girls are grown and they would pray and, you know, God, let this be a way or show mom a way to get out of teaching because it's, it's getting worse. It's getting harder COVID with the masks and 
we had to eat in our room with our kids. So we didn't get a lunch break. We didn't, they didn't leave for art anymore. They didn't leave for PE. When am I supposed to grade papers? Yeah. When am I supposed to do anything? Lesson plans. They're all in the room with me all the time now. So there was no breaks, no lunch, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And no sick days now, um, <laughs> or very few, you know, very few. Uh, so um, for two years, my business grew. And really, it only took about six months before the Etsy was like, you can't outpray God, meaning I would say, well, God, if I could just maybe earn an extra $200 a month, that would really help my family because teachers don't get paid much. That would really help. And my husband does lawn and landscape. He cuts grass. I mean, honestly, it's not like he's a, a Fortune 500 banker. He cuts uh-huh. grass for and here in Florida, that would, that pays better than teaching does. Um, but it's hard, you know? So every time I would pray that my sales would go up and then like six months in that first Christmas came and I made more on my Etsy than I made in teaching in, de- in that December that actually even October through December. Yeah. So I started in like July and then that October, November, December, all three months, I made way more than I made teaching in those three months, but that's a season right? So what are you going to do? You're not going to leave your job over the season. Yeah. So I worked 80 hours a week, no lie, for two whole years before I trusted my sales enough to walk away. Last May, when they wanted us to sign contracts, I said, no, I think I'm going to just do my Etsy. And they were surprised (laughs) because they're like, are you kidding with the minis? You're going to do that? <laughs> I know. What I know didn't, yeah, I don't think they believe me, but my closest friends knew. But the admin, I think they were just, you know, I don't think they believe me, but that's the truth. But it took two years before I was trusting. It really only took me six months, but I went ahead and worked 80 hours a week, 50 at school and the other 30 plus, because sometimes it was more like at Christmas. You know how it is. Yeah. You know, before you start sending those subscription boxes, it, it's not you're not working 40 hour weeks. You're working more of those lots more. So it was 80 hours plus for two whole years. And my husband said, pick one job, just pick one. 80 hours is too much. You're killing yourself. Pick one. And I said, are you okay? If I pick, he goes, I'm hoping that you will. And so it was a leap of faith. And, and every time, like I said, we would pray that, okay, maybe 500, maybe if I made $500 a month and then I would, and okay, well, maybe if I made a like, if, you know, my teaching salary is this amount of money. If I made this amount of money, God, God answered, or I mean, depending oh, on how you believe, but I believe wholeheartedly that every step was exactly what we prayed and more. And so last May, I did not sign the contract and I've been doing this full time. I work 40 hours a year. week. So yeah. Yeah. How cool. 40 hours a week to do something that you love. I mean, not saying yeah. you love teaching, but yeah. And you still get to teach with all your awesome YouTube videos that you make. And so you, yeah. I could tell that you were a teacher background because you do really well. So, well, thanks. I, I, YouTube was very uncomfortable. That feels very like scary and vulnerable because you, just like you and I, I will have to stop the tape sometimes or stop the video, right. And go back and you will catch people's faces in the most funny, like frozen you know those frozen moments that I don't really want someone to use to troll me or post but I'm I'm pretty thick skin because kids will tell you flat out you know oh you know so but that was that was vulnerable that that felt scary to do the YouTube videos um but I'm glad I did because it it literally taught me a whole lot about I used to have a blog I started with a blog and the YouTube with the laser but I didn't like blogging that 
felt like a lot of work writing and linking mm -hmm. and doing all the, that was a lot of work for very low amount of passive income, very yeah. low. This is much just the YouTubing and, and the Instagram and all that's much better, much better. So um, you were on Etsy. Like, did you ever think of getting your own platform and then maybe they wouldn't take so many fees? I know, I know a lot of people complain yes. about Etsy fees, but there's so much traffic on Etsy. I mean, you're going to have to really work then to get traffic to your website, but. Yes. One of my daughters wants me to set up my own website and here again, I'm cheap. They want 30 plus dollars a month for this and another $100 for this every year. And then your domain you have to renew and this and this yeah. and this. I'm pretty sure my Etsy fees are less than all that every year. Mm -hmm. Like that seems crazy. Every year I got to pay that to maintain a website. Even if you do Wix or even if you do a cheap one, it's still not free. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then it's on you. And then there is no traffic except your repeat customers and you can give them incentives. And I do have a lot of repeat business, probably 50% but that's only 50% that would know. Yeah. Otherwise it's 50% being brought by Etsy. Another so I, one, I, I, yeah, I, I feel your pain. I, yeah. it's awesome. I mean, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people are like, oh, the fees, but. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a fair trade-off. They got to mm -hmm. earn some money too. Have you heard of Go Imagine? I don't know if I've heard of that one. I've heard of an indie one. There's an indie market type one. And of course, Amazon, but I don't want to deal with Amazon at all. Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not Amazon. I hand make by the order, which I think people sometimes order off my Etsy and think, oh, you should have shipped that yesterday. I ordered it, you know, five minutes ago. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I make them. I don't, I don't have the space to catalog inventory for the 150 items I offer on Etsy. Where would I put all that? Yeah. Oh, I feel you. Right. And you don't know what's going to sell. Like, I don't know if those little Debbie cakes are going to sell or if the little game controllers, when I first make something, I have no idea. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time and money to find out it flops. Not everything sells as well as others. True. Well, check out yeah. Go Imagine. It might be another platform for you that's much like Etsy. Okay. I'm going to write it down. I actually signed up for it what like three months ago and haven't done anything but it's only like two dollars a month to be a member so it's like I'm not out much but oh yeah to look at so what is the worst part of running this business to you like is there something you just hate like I know what mine is and I'll share um yeah. mine is taxes oh me too okay I, I hadn't <laughs> thought of that I hadn't thought about that yeah I hate taxes I know you as a teacher I didn't hate them I didn't care my husband says he goes, now, you know, my pain of, cause he has his own business doing cutting grass yeah, and awesome. he's always taxes have always been his nemesis. And now I know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you guys can share the same accountant. Cause I think that's the next thing is, ugh. oh yeah, we do. We do. We, and we filed oh. jointly, but our accountant, when I first brought him the Etsy numbers, he was shocked. He had no idea. He was like, well, you're going to owe money. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm buying printers and things to defray my profits because I was teaching too. And so I had my teaching salary and there I was making the same as my teaching salary on my Etsy. So those last two years were really good years. Yeah. And it's like, you got to come up with more expenses. And I'm literally digging out every little receipt from Michael's and Joanne's and Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and <laughs> when you mentioned the affiliate link, wouldn't it be cool if Hobby Lobby did that? Oh my mm. gosh, I'd be a millionaire. It's everything I yeah. bought. I love, I know a lot of people don't like Hobby Lobby, but well, well, same reason because religion. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, where else you shop? Like, sometimes that's my therapy. Like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going. 
going to Hobby Lobby for some therapy. You know, 100%. Just yeah. Yeah. I just want to go breathe their air. And yeah, it's a hundred percent. I will go and I can, my daughters tease me. They don't want to go to Hobby Lobby with me because I'll go for the three hours and just, <laughs> I will walk every aisle of that store and take it all in. It's oh, like yes. energizing to me. Like it, it it's also, mm-hmm. like you said, it relaxes me and it takes the stress off, but then I walk away and have all these new ideas. And so a hundred percent, I agree with you about that. Yeah. My family's like, Oh, Hobby Lobby again. I'm like, yes. <laughs> If you don't want to go, stay home. But yep. So will you be doing any in-person shows or do you do in-person shows? I have not yeah. done one yet. I've been invited to. And so far that intimidates me because I, it, there's no shows in Florida. There's no, I mean, we have little tiny ones, um, like three blind mice. We have little yeah. tiny ones that come in Lakeland, but they are small. Um, they are not like something you would travel for. I don't know. Like, I don't think they pull enough people. And so I'd have to travel. So like I went to the IMOMA show and tried to think I'd have to package all that stuff up. I'd have to ship it there or drive it there to make sure it got there safe, hoping it arrives safe. And then I have to have a table set up. I have to pay for the booth and the packaging is going to be different. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure if it's worth it or not. I haven't decided. I need to talk to somebody that's been to know. And I talked to Anna but I don't know compared to Etsy where I don't have to pack up and drive or travel anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I haven't done one yet either. I'm kind of half sort of doing one in Chicago. Yeah. Lady she's 80. What does she say? She is Barbara is 87 years old. Yeah. She wants to do one last show in the Tom Bishop. So if you've, have you been to Tom Bishop in Chicago? Yeah. I went last year to Tom Bishop and a moment this year. So she, she's the table when you first walk in, it's a long hallway and she's got like six tables. I don't know. I've never met the lady. She just called me and yeah. said, can I hire you to work? And I'm like, I actually kind of wanted to learn about this. So yes. And so she's letting me have a little corner of the table to sell. That's a good way to go. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll let you know how it goes, but. And I worry about breakage and shoplifting, which I know is crazy. But when you work as, you know, like when you work as hard mm-hmm. as you do, you know how quick stuff can get knocked and lost and breakage and you step on it or, you know, and I think when I watch those shows, I think, I don't know what the loss factor is there. Mm-hmm. Very little probably shoplifting, but knocking stuff over and it winding up on the floor or gone and you don't know where it went. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm torn about that. I can't decide what I think. The only thing I love about it is I've been doing craft shows with my sister since I've been about 13. I've been making stuff and selling it at craft shows. And I love the interaction with people. Usually yeah. they're at a craft show or even a miniature show. They're in a good mood. You know, spirits are high. Energy is good. And just to interact with customers. I, right. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. The excitement and the passion to share. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's talk the Vegas show. Yeah. As you know, I couldn't go. My flight got canceled. I was so bummed. Yeah, that's a big disappointment. I'm still kind of bummed. Let's be honest. I think I may have a tear coming down. And so tell me, how was it? It was really good for me. I liked it better than Tom Bishop. Tom Bishop's huge. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, like you said, the lady that you're going to go work with 87, Tom Bishop is a lot of the same stuff I was explaining. I'm not against Victorian. Everybody has their taste. I like mid-century modern too. I don't have any mid-century modern, but if I was going to make something new, I might try that because I grew up with Brady Bunch and some of that 
you know, the Jetson look and all that. So I like that. There's not a lot of the mid-century modern out and around yet, but it's growing. But but largely the IMOMA show had more booths that I was interested in. It's not near as big as Tom Bishop yet, but it had a lot of the mid-century modern. It had the farmhouse feel. It had um, non-specific period pieces, like, you know, where you don't, you see the cute pillows, but you don't know if that's from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. I like that. I like it to be kind of timeless. I don't want it to look like the 87-year-old lives in my dollhouse kind of thing. I have nothing against. I'm going to be 87 one day, but I'm hoping that it'll still look modern. Yeah. You know, they're calling it mini con because they were hoping, you know, someday or maybe even this year, can you explain where they're like train people there? Were there Barbie people there? I'm sh- I saw Barbie, but I didn't see so many smaller scales. Do you think that's true? There, they had micro scale. They had a nice, um, the same woman that was at Tom Bishop with micro scale. I don't know her name because I'm not, but, but she has amazing 3D printed pieces in bags that are all labeled really well that are micro wine bottles and micro everything. And she even sells not just micro, but she has like 124th, 148th, and 144th. Yeah. She has full scales. Yeah. So they have, they had more of that than I was um, expecting. They had less one sixth, the Barbie scale. They had less of that than I think they hoped for because they were trying to be scaleless if, yeah. if you could be that way. They wanted to represent all scales. I didn't, I mean, there were some that work for Barbie. Barbie's hard because if it's going to be in Barbie's hand, I posted about this with Tanya from Grandma Gets Real. She'll ask me sometimes mm-hmm. to make something in one six scale. And I'm not good at that because I, I literally had to go to Target and buy a Barbie. And I told her, I said, yeah, but my 112 looks almost the same in her hand as it should. So one six should be double what I'm making in 112. It's tough. But it's not. When you make a, a, a you know, like a little Debbie cake or peeps, marshmallow peeps, Double is too big in Barbie's hand, but if it's sitting on Barbie's table, it looks right. So that's tricky. That is part of that tricky scale, but I didn't see a lot of one six at IMOMA. When the challenge that we're doing in my Facebook group, I made a pizza, a Barbie scale one six, and yeah, it's huge. And I'm like, is this right? And I tripled and (laughs) checked my measurements and I'm like, this is right. Yeah. It looks All the converters will have you. Yeah. It should be double what one twelve is. Yeah. But that is usually too big for Barbie. It starts looking like mini brands. And mm-hmm. so Tanya pointed out that Barbie isn't scale. She's she's height is 112, is 16, but like her features, you know, her body image and everything isn't even close to a 16 scale. So if yeah. it's going to be on her or in her hands, then you've got to go smaller. 16 is too big. It's funny. I, I joked with my friends because they're like, mama gets real what i'm like showing her facebook page and i'm like i'm gonna talk to her when i'm in vegas and i'm gonna get a barbie doll that says mom gets real and i'm gonna have love handles and she's gonna have big breasts and i'm gonna have yeah. a wine, wine glass in my hand and they're like oh my gosh but when did you <laughs> mom gets yeah. real and have like a real barbie doll <laughs> yeah and and she grandma gets real is so down with that she she even says like she used to go to Congress. She was against Barbies is how she got her platform started um, when she was, because she came through modeling and felt the scars of the harshness of modeling and female, you know, body image and went to Congress and spoke about how Mattel is ruining our girls' images of healthy, normal bodies. And they made the the regular, a, a more regular 
female friendly form after some of those discussions. Wow. And so she may have been one of the ones that helped them change their mindset. So they have the curvy girl Barbies and things, but I agree. They're not, they're not real enough still. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. That I would should be get awesome. her on here and talk about her story. Cause it sounds pretty amazing. It's, have- yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I have, I played with Barbies. I think that's how I got started in miniatures, not for the Barbie, but for right. the accessories. But I'll have, I have family members that refuse to let their kids play with Barbies. Yeah, and- she did for a long time until her granddaughters, I think is what changed her mind. Were up in her attic and found some of hers and wanted to play with them. And that's what started making her go, well, okay, if we're going to play with them, we're going to know that this isn't like a reality. And I want you to know, you know, why real women don't really look like Barbie. And and mm-hmm. so it kind of started with the dioramas and stuff with her grandkids. So yeah, if you get a chance to talk to her, she's fantastic. Yeah, I was, like I said, looking forward to meeting her in Vegas, but yeah. maybe next year. What I loved about Vegas too is that, yeah, it's, you know, a younger crowd, but then the Saturday, the party, yeah. 20 bucks, eat a meal, and it's filled with miniature people that yes, I was so yeah. excited. So was that a fun party? I didn't get to, I, I wound up giving my oh. tickets to one of the ladies that worked the show. Her name was Alma with Tiny Home Decor Company. Okay. And I met her and her husband and we just hit it off and they were working so hard. And I just, I was just there shopping and they didn't get to buy the tickets. And I just felt bad. And I said to my husband, I knew he wasn't going to care. I said, do you care if we give them our tickets, you know? And he's like, no, that'd be great. And so they went in our place. Um, and she said it was really nice. And a bunch of the people that went said they had a good time. Um, but yeah, we gave our tickets to them because it just felt right in the moment. I never even thought about it. It was probably sold out and I knew I wasn't going to go. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. think until now. So just a couple more questions because I, yeah you being so crafty like me do you ever find yourself like you get in your head like I can do that and then like you're before you know it you have like 900 projects going on like how do you do you experience that and if you do yes keep it all straight like where how do you keep focused any tips for me (laughs) honest to goodness I keep a notepad on my crafting table because I get a lot of ideas then and there, right at the moment, and by my bedside, because I wake up all night long. I, I literally wake five times, six times a night. And not always are they ideas, but a lot of times they are di- ideas. And I write them down because if I turn on my phone to, to do it, I, then I'm really wide awake. Yeah. Whereas if I write it real quick on a notepad in the dark, I can make it out the next morning and still go back to sleep usually. Um, and yes, I've tried not to, like, for example, and a little house of lights is somebody I admire. Mm-hmm. I would strive to be able to do some of what she does with 3D design. Her design, I, I went and bought her um, advent calendar with all those tiny little drawers and all yeah. the little nativity figures. I bought it. I might be able to do that myself in three years. And then if I did get it done, would I want to paint it? No. And would you want to make a <laughs> hundred of them? <laughs> yeah. I would rather give her my money and know that like, she knows I love her, you know, um, and I would rather give her my money for that. And, and, and she said, we could trade. I was like, no, I don't want to pay you. I, I know the work that went into that. I want you to have my money for that. But there are things that I will make. Sewing, not going to do it. I could teach myself to sew a little pillow. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sew the little pillow. Um, so yes, I feel that way. And it does kind of ruin you because when you walk through like plants, any of the plants I can make, I, I can make them. But did I? 
not always, not until I see something that they made and I'm thinking, oh, I, I could go home and do that. I have the pieces. I just haven't put it together. That's a great idea. Now, I don't market it. I won't go put it on my Etsy because I feel like that's wrong. But I'll put it in my dollhouse, but I won't go sell it. I try not to do that. There are some things that are going to be overlapped. Yeah. Tons of us are going to do peeps. Tons of us are going to do pizza. Tons of us are going to do normal everyday life. But I try not to directly look at one person's item and then exactly copy it. But you know how it goes. I mean, we're all going to summer's coming. Everybody wants to do coconuts because it's part of the tropical summer vibe. Yeah. So that's a tricky part of being a miniaturist, right? When we all have the same, same I mean, we all want to miniaturize everything in real life. We're yeah. all copying real life. Yeah. And it's hard when you get into the copyright things. It's like, it's always, it's already been done probably a hundred times, but if you put your spin on it, I think that's all that matters. Yeah. But I wanted to say that that almost sounded like a, not a good thing waking up six times a day. Maybe you should pray to God that just let me have my ideas in the morning with my cup of coffee. <laughs> when I go to well, bed, I'm out. So oh. yeah, but I've always been that way. Oh, if it's not yeah. minis, it's something else. It's like an idea of what I can do with my new grandson, or it's an idea of what, I mean, I've been like that as a child. I've been, mm -hmm. I have the worst case of sleeplessness. I mean, they've tried medicine. It doesn't even work. Sleep meds do not wow. even work. But you yeah. wake and up I, feeling energized and I'm okay. I mean, sometimes if it's a lot of nights in a row that I get very little sleep, if I can fall back asleep, it's good. But there are times where I might be up for a couple of hours. And if I have several nights in a row, then I'm kind of dragging. I don't drink yeah. coffee. I, I'm Florida. It's iced tea for me. Um, but normally I think I might be, I read Martha Stewart was like that, that she only sleeps four or five hours a night. Now I don't know that she wakes up during her four or five. Wow. But that's about all she does. And she she's pretty good. And so I think I don't need as much sleep as some people do, but it can get to me at times. Yeah. Well, wow. I, I need yeah. my hours. <laughs> yeah. One final question. I just want to know, like, what inspires you? I know we talked about probably Hobby Lobby. Yes. Is it just what inspires you? Anything you can think of? Mostly like. Or I guess. Well, I love the if someone's looking for inspiration, maybe right. where would you lead someone if they, I don't know, maybe they've never created a miniature ever. Like what? Honest to goodness, my favorite things in my life, like in my house, like the things that were important to my kids when they were little, I like to miniaturize those mm. things. Yeah. So like the game controllers were off of our Sega. It's an old Sega version of a game controller because my kids and I used to have so much fun playing Sega. And so I made that game controller or uh, the things that inspire me are like my favorite decor pieces that are on my wall, usually from Hobby Lobby, but it could be somewhere else. Like somebody gifted me, you know, a beautiful wreath and I'm thinking, oh, I want to make that mini for my dollhouse or Target. Mm -hmm. Oh, Target, the, the whether it's Dollar Spot or the jo Joanna Gaines section of Target or wherever. I'll see something and think, oh, I, I need that mini and I'll go try to make it or consult somebody that I know might know better how to do something, especially if it's like fabric or whatever, because we are a good community. There's a yeah. lot of networking. Um, Heather from my mini front porch and the Dee, Dee from Mom of Eight Minis. And, you know, you, you put out a lot of good content to help people make their own. And that's... Yeah that leads to other ideas for them. Like you start with pizza and then they think, oh, well, she showed me how to do the pizza box. I'm going to turn it into 
a nugget box or I'm going to turn it, I'm going to use that way she did that. And now I'm going to figure out how to do my next thing with it. And so that's how we all work around here. Mm-hmm. Mostly my, my downloads too. It's, I don't want it to be a dying thing. Cause I was like sad when I got out of it. I'm like, Oh, it's yeah. pretty much a dying hobby. So I don't want that to happen again. So if I can teach someone or inspire someone to just create something, then I think it'll be around for generations, right? Let's hope. I yes, if we can if we can cultivate shows like Amoma. That's mm-hmm. where Minicon and Amoma, that's the future I think we need to go in. Because if it stays just like Tom Bishop, which is a fantastic show, but if it stays just like that, the you know, the vendors there, like you said, 87 and whatever, they are passing. And how are we gonna like you've got to make it where younger people want to come. And if younger people come and they don't see anything they're interested in that represents their life, it's harder to keep it going, I think. And like Florida should have a show. We should have, Florida's huge. You know, vacation destination, tons of things for husbands and kids to do while moms are mini shopping. We don't have one. There should be one in Orlando or Tampa or, and that's crazy to me that there's nothing at this end. Like I can not. see you. I can see your future now. You're gonna run the show in Florida. I know. <laughs> I, I I talked to my husband about it. He goes, "Oh, please don't do it. <laughs> like that might be too much." And I, but but there's there's definitely the seed that like there needs to be something here. This is a great spot for people to travel to and have lots to do. And um, the cool thing is, is you know the people who run the other shows, like the Philadelphia yeah. show in Vegas, that they would help you. you know, yeah. So that's the cool thing. So any other shows that you're going to this year yet? Well, yes, I want to go to, they call it Philadelphia Miniatura, but it's in like New Jersey, which is confusing to me that they call it Philly. Yes. And that's in November and my daughter's birthday, but I really want to go there this year too. Yeah. The, the people that were at IMOMA and that were excited there said that that was a good one for like the more modern type miniatures. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like Lisa, a wee bit tiny, who was part of one of the people on the um, MoMA development team, I would say, right? Yeah. And uh, and Paris, yeah. PRD miniatures. Um, I would love if they would use Minicon and IMOMA to maybe like franchise shows out or something. That would be really cool. I don't know how much of an undertaking that would be, but I would like to be on board with that or help or make, you know, like, I don't, where are you from? Wisconsin. Oh yeah, that's right. You said that. I have a friend that lives in Wisconsin. It's beautiful there. Um, but like there Except needs right now. to be. Yeah, well, to me it is. No, no, it's beautiful. I just don't want to go shovel the driveway. So I'm being late. No, I don't blame <laughs> you. I don't I don't want to drive in snow or shovel driveways, but we all know where you go when you go to hell. <laughs> you don't go to snow. You go to uh-huh. where I live here in Florida. Um <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> kind of, kind of, sort of. So I'll be there in June, I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and listen call me and we'll get together I'll you know if you if you get time or your friends get time yeah. um, but that's something that I would like to see that develop so that it stays alive like you're saying yeah that's going to be important and it kind of is on us mm-hmm. and and getting our children in, interested and showing them how to do it and make it purposeful there's nothing wrong with just a dollhouse just for dollhouse sake but I like how some people work it into actually part of their home or their decor yeah. or, you know, it, there's room boxes on a wall like Rosa, you know, simply living many designs. 
that's unique and makes it not just um, something stuffed in a back room that you go do on occasion. That makes it part of real life. And I like that part of it because I think that takes it out of being an old lady hobby and makes it real. Yes. And you just saying that about making things from your past and whatnot Mm -hmm. for my son's well, my only baby shower as a thank you, I made an exact replica of the cake and the invitation and the, I think a game. And I put them on these little boards and I gave it to all the people that helped me at the shower. Not everyone that attended, cause that would have taken me forever, but right. everyone that helped put the shower together in some way made it special. And that was my thank you for them. And it's funny when I still go to their house, they're like, I still have it. And they're like, so proud. And it's like, you know, in their curio cabinet or wherever their special little cabinet shelf. And they're just still to this day and it's been 12 years and they still have that. So it's just right. know, so cool. And that was purposeful. It's, and, and there's nothing wrong with the house. I have a house, but that's the, that's where it's like the lanterns that people do, or they make scenes that yes. replicate something like their dad was a fireman, or, you know, I did a special thing, a special commission for an FBI. Um, they lost their dad. He was FBI and he was older. I mean, he, he had passed a natural cause. There's nothing tragic, but they rebuilt, like they commissioned me to rebuild like part of his life. So it sits on their mantle. There's, there's a happy image of that. And that's, that's a really cool part of miniatures that I think gets overlooked. And that makes it part of every person's potential life versus just dollhouse hobbyists. Yes. So I think we need to have a goal. You and I, we, we have to do a show, see what it's like. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just intimidated. (laughs) I'm intimidated by it. Just the packaging up everything and then displaying it because you you want a good display to be eye catching to be stacked correctly, um, and I, and yeah, how many hours does that take to make it, pack it, do it, and the expense? Like you know, they charge you so much to ship anything. I know. So I have to. Yeah, we'll think about that. So will you be in Chicago well, this year, next month? Yeah. No, I decided because I try to do like, just like maybe one a year, basically, because I want to know the market. I want to, you know, I, I bought some miniatures at Tom Bishop. I bought some at a MoMA, more at a MoMA because it was more my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, like Philip Nuveen was there. Like they had some main and, and yet mine is not that modern. I, mine is much more, you know, normal everyday mom life furniture, but it's neat to see New York sleek modern with his, designs that's what they make me think of um so i'm not sure what uh, as far as i want to do for that kind of thing for a show i am not sure that i'm ready but i'm thinking about it all right well we'll do yeah so i go to one show a year to know what's going on well i'll miss you in chicago but hopefully i'll see you in new jersey you said it's not philadelphia (laughs) for the kid's birthday for sure uh, yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to take her with, or I don't know, figure that out. But so tell everyone where they can find you. I'm on Instagram. That's my, that's my favorite way to post and share. I'm on TikTok, which my second graders absolutely loved because their parents would allow them or show them my child safe content. Um, and YouTube. And most of my YouTube is not minis. Most of my YouTube is how to use a laser or how to make glitter tumblers mm-hmm. or all the other different um, crafts that that I like as well. 
Yeah, I saw that. That's why I'm like, she's like me, so crafty. Yeah. And then my last question, because I think you already answered it, but I always love this question because it was the hardest thing for me to do is to pick a business name. Yeah. But I think Magnolia Minis, you, is it because you wanted your house to look like, explain that. Why did you, why make Yeah, I, I wanted to, and, and I've thought about changing the name since because I've learned a whole lot about business <laughs> and, and how you would target your audience better. So my name gives a hint, but not enough of a target. But I chose Magnolia Minis because I wanted to create miniatures that looked like Joanna Gaines had made them for the houses on her TV show, Her and Chip. I like the big reveal and I like a lot of her design aesthetic for real life houses. And so when I had my mini house sit empty for over a year, that was why. I wanted it to look like a little Joanna Gaines lived there. And um, so I started that line and went with the Magnolia Minis thinking I would miniaturize all the things I love about that type of look, the farmhouse aesthetic. Nice. Okay. So everyone go find Magnolia Minis on Instagram, TikTok, and especially YouTube. Cause like you said, it's not just minis, but maybe you got that glow forge and you have no idea how to use it. You're going to show. Yep. Them, so yeah. And message me. I'm happy to answer questions. I don't mind. I will share what I know. Um, not that it's all that much, but I will share what I know. And also, of course, visit my Etsy and, you know. Oh, yes. And Etsy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Sure. And listen, I would love to do any kind of collaboration or something with you if you want sure. to in the future. Yeah. Just keep me in mind. Okay. Sounds Thanks, good. Thanks, Rachel. You have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye.